Thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. We pray that God speaks to you during this message and that he moves in your life. Uh, I want to bring to you Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2. It says, Arise and shine, for your, your light has come. And here's two, just two portions of Scripture I want to share with you here. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So I want you just here and at home, I want you to just say, the glory of the Lord has risen upon me. Everyone say it, come on. The glory of the Lord has risen upon me. It's on you. And then it says, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. The glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. So you can just say again, here's the other exercise. Let's repeat after me. The glory of the Lord will be seen upon me. Everyone. The glory of the Lord will be seen upon me. So the glory of the Lord rises on you and the glory of the Lord will be seen on you. This is what you carry. This is what we carry. Let's not diminish the anointing. Let's not diminish, you know, I I think for for believers, one of the the things we have to keep pushing is that they are anointed. You can still walk in humility and still recognize your gift. Does that make sense? You don't, you know, arrogance and confidence are two different things. So I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about confidence in God, being confident in the Lord. And so last night I had the opportunity to share. Just, let, me just, let me just kind of, um, just kind of give you a, a sense of what, I feeling, uh, what I'm feeling that God's doing just prophetically, and I have about 15 minutes. But I do feel I want to encourage your hearts. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about, out of 1 Samuel 17, we talked about David and Goliath. Everyone knows the story about David and Goliath. We don't need to revisit all of that. We do know that Goliath, for 40 days and 40 nights, stood in front of the armies of God, and he taunted them. And he says, bring out a man, let's go to war, and whoever wins will be slaves to the other, basically is what he said. And for 40 days and for 40 nights... The armies of God heard the narrative of Goliath. There was no other narrative but Goliath's. They didn't go to God. They had a king who, you know, Saul was probably not in a good place at that point. There was Saul and there was Goliath taunting narrative, 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 and there was a man that no one really knew, knew about. His name is David, and he's taking care of a bunch of sheep. But David was getting God's narrative. Remember, we, this is all review. So David is getting God's narrative. And in the fullness of time, he's running an errand for his father to go to the army to actually bring supplies to those that are actually at war but not at war you know, in the, in the army, the military. And he goes ahead and says he's obedient to his father. He goes ahead and he goes, he brings the supplies, but here's, 
but he's bringing God's narrative, and he is not hearing Goliath's narrative. And I, I want to continue to, to this, if I can use the word harp on this, it's important that we actually have God's narrative and we bring God's narrative into the battle. David was just bringing supplies, never knowing that he was actually going to engage. And I think the word for us today is that, okay, you've been in this place. We've been in this shelter in place. We've been in all this stuff for the last six months or whatever. And the Lord's going to bring us out and into the battle, but not just to be in the battle to kind of like support and encourage, which is important, but he's actually calling us to engage. He's actually bringing us from a place where we've been abiding and into this place of engagement. Now, we're not going to, and the, the thing that's really important is that he, and I know I, I emphasize this, that the bag he carried was a shepherd's bag. It wasn't a political bag or religious bag. It was actually a shepherd's bag. And so the stones that he carries, he goes and he picks up and puts in that shepherd's bag are the things that are kingdom-related and he's bringing, he's bringing the kingdom narrative into the battle. The point I want to make this morning is that there, at some point, we're going to have to move from point A to point B to actually engage. And I'm, I, I really want to emphasize this. When I say engage, it's a big word. But, I, but, but do something, continue to do something in the kingdom. Like do something offensive. Like, it's time to quit playing defense and start playing offense. Like listening to the voice of the Lord, stepping into, and so he recognizes this Philistine. He comes out and he says, whatever he says, he defies the army of God. David didn't reason. David didn't, he had God's narrative. And quickly he said, who is this guy that's defying the armies of the living God? And so he was, being, he was put down by his older brother. He's saying, you're arrogant, you're conceited, you just want to do this, you just want to do that. And so David ignored him because we have to ignore those kinds of voices. And he goes and he talks to Saul. Saul releases him to engage in, and you know the story. So it's, it's, getting, God, it's, it's getting God's narrative in the middle of all this. It's, I, I don't know why I keep keep emphasizing this, is just don't get sidetracked. That's it. Just, just don't get sidetracked. Just stay in the narrative of what God's doing. Get on the internet. Look for good news. Look where God's showing up. You will be encouraged. You will be encouraged. You will be strengthened, and God will speak to you. Now, let's turn to 1 Samuel 14. And wow, God. Just wow. All right. That's all I'm going to say. Just wow. 1 Samuel 14. 1 Samuel 14 is about Jonathan and his armor bearer and how Jonathan and his armor bearer defeat the Philistines. But there's a couple key th things here I just want to release over you this morning. Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison, a garrison is a post. It's kind of like a military installment. Um, installation, uh, I should say. Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side, but he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting on the outskirts of Gibeah under the pomegranate tree 
which is in Migron. This is a lot of like background information. The people who were with him were about 600 men. And then he talks about Elijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phineas, whatever, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, were wearing the ephod, but the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock and on one side and a sharp rock on the other, and the name was Bozes and the other name was Sina. The front, verse 5, the front, the front one faced northward opposite of Michmash and the other southward of Gibeah. Okay, that's just context. Why those two verses are in there? I, okay. Verse 6. So then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison or to this military installation um, or post of these uncircumcised it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. I mean, Jonathan doesn't even have a clear word from the Lord. He just says, well, maybe the Lord will work for us. There was no thus saith the Lord. It was something that he was feeling in his heart to do. So the context is you have 600 men, you have this military post the Philistines are, t are taking, and they want to take land. They want to engage in the battle. And so he leaves. He doesn't tell his dad. He goes ahead and he leaves, and he tells his armor bearer, he says, hey, look, maybe the Lord's going to give these guys into our hands because we know who the Lord is. He's the guy, he's the, he's the Lord who actually can save us by many or by few. So he understands the character of God. Verse 7. So the armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. I love people like that. I love people who are just going to partner with you, who are going to believe in you, that are going to rally around what God is saying to you. I mean, I pray that each one of you have a friend like that, an armor bearer, who's going to support you. Look, look what he says. Do all that is in your heart. Go then. Here I am with you according to your heart. Wow. So Jonathan hears that from his armor bearer. And this armor bearer is supporting Jonathan's dream. And then Jonathan says in verse 8, Very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. So Jonathan makes this decision to engage when 600 Israelites are encamped, not doing anything, and so now they're going to go ahead and they're going to challenge this Philistine outpost, this, this uh, installation that they have. Verse 11. So both of them showed themselves to the post of the Philistines, the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of their holes where they have hidden. And for some, it's just time to come out of hiding. And that's just my word for you. For some of you, you're gifted and you're anointed, and it's time. It's time to come out of hiding. The, the enemy's recognizing that, that the Hebrews are coming out of their holes where they have hidden. There's no reason to hide anymore. Time to assemble. Time to bring the kingdom. And sometimes two is all you need. It's just two of you. And I'm telling you that the courage of these two, 
actually led to a, the, the army of Israel routing the Philistines, but it started with two. Two or three are gathered. There I am. Verse 12. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you something. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me for the Lord has delivered them into the, the hand of Israel. Verse 13. And Jonathan, the catch this, this is the new King James. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him and they fell before Jonathan. And as he came up after them, his armor bearer killed him. The phrase that the Lord just brought to my attention is this. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees. Right now, I believe that the Lord is raising up a worship and prayer movement in our country. We're seeing a little bit of it with what Sean's doing. I mean, Sean is going to these, these cities that are just, things are crazy there. So tonight, he'll be in Seattle. But, but we have to come and engage the enemy on our hands and knees. I don't know how, did that make sense to you? It has to be a place of where there's intercession. Just not cockiness, just not going out and doing whatever, you know, feeling like, you know, there's a part where we engage, but there's this place where we come up, we climb up, we climb up on our hands and knees. We pray and we intercede. Verse 14, that slaughter, so his armor bearer actually kills him. And I'd even tell you that they had basically no weapons at that point because the weapons were taken away from them by the Philistines. So they only had two swords in the camp. Jonathan had one and his dad had the other. So the armor bearer went ahead and killed him. The first slaughter with Jonathan and armor bearer was about 20 men within a half acre of the land, verse 15. And there was a trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. And the garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earth quaked, so that it was a very great trembling. In other words, the NIV says this. The New King James says, so that it was a very great trembling. The NIV translates it, and there was a panic sent by God. And it was a God panic. And so these two men proceeded by faith. And as they proceeded by faith, God sent a panic into the camp of the enemy. God did it. Verse 16. Now the watchmen of Saul and Gibeah and Benjamin looked up, looked, and there was a multitude melting away. And they went here and there. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, now, you know, do a roll call to see who has gone from us. They do this roll call and they find out, hey, it was your son who took off and the armor bearer took off. They're not part of the roll count, so to speak. And so they're up on this hill defeating and going to war against the Philistines while his dad and the army, the 598 people, are, are still like in this place. But it took two guys who had faith who are willing to engage, who don't even have a clear word from the Lord to something that's in their heart, maybe the Lord will be with us. They went ahead, they climbed this hill, and they engaged the culture. Verse 20, so Saul and all the people who were with him assembled. 
and they went to battle, to the battle, and indeed every man's sword was against his neighbor, and there was a very great confusion. In other words, the enemy, they turned on each other. They started killing each other because it was a panic sent by God. We don't war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, right? Principalities and powers. So the, the enemy is confused. Why? Two men who had faith in God did something. They crawled out of their holes. They came out of hiding and did something. But it doesn't end there. Verse 21. Moreover, the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time, who went up with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Philistines who were with Saul and Jonathan. What, what are you talking about? There was a group of Israelites who had actually defected and joined the Philistines. Oh, man, I could, I could talk about this for the next 15 minutes. Jonathan and David, Jonathan, Jonathan and his armor bearer did not shame the ones that had defected. Jonathan and the armor bearer welcomed the defected Israelites or the Hebrews that actually began to join them in the, in the engagement into the battle that was taking place. There's just something to say about, and I'm just using it in this context, about men and women who, have, who are courageous and step out of hiding and begin to minister that actually turns the hearts of even the defected ones. Verse 20, 22, or yeah, verse 22. Likewise, all the men of Israel, uh, and this is really why I feel like the Lord wants us to land this morning. Likewise, all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, they also followed hard after them in battle. Verse 23, so the Lord saved Israel that day. Where did it start? Two men who engaged the culture. Two men who engaged the culture. What did that do? That actually brought courage, hope, and faith, number one, to the army, and number two, to those who were hiding in the mountains. Their faith gave courage to an army, to those who had defected, and to those that were actually in hiding. These two men were brave enough to trust God with what they had in their heart. On their hands and knees, they climbed, and 
they had no idea what was going to take place. And that's kind of how it is sometimes when we hear something from the Lord. We don't know how it's going to take, we don't know what's going to take place, how it's going to roll out. But as we take those steps of faith, we actually bring courage to our brothers and sisters who are still hiding. They're still in this place. And I'm not saying that they're cowards. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that they're in this place. They don't know what to do. Maybe they're alone. But it just took two men, two people who would step out and believe God for something that actually bring hope and courage and faith, not just for them to stay there, but they actually engaged. What they did brought courage to their hearts enough that they began to engage the culture. And that's what, that's really the point I'm making. And for some, if you're viewing with us and even in this room, for some, it's time to come out of hiding. I just feel like the Lord's saying it's time to come out of hiding. It's time to come out of hiding. It's time to begin using your gifts. It's time for you to step out in the ministry call the words that were given to you, they didn't, you know, they didn't halt because of this pandemic that we're in. It's time for believers. And this is what's happening in a, the only, I know there's more going on, but what we're seeing even in the worship movement, it's going to be ridiculed. It's going to be criticized, but people are gathering 4,000, 5,000. Why? Because one guy wants to have worship in cities. Well, there's covering, there's consultation. Yes, all those things are in place. But he stepped out and it started at it started in San Francisco, right? How many people were there? Do you have any idea? Thirty? A couple hundred in San Francisco? On the Golden Gate Bridge. Just an acoustic guitar, a couple pastors, that's it. A couple weeks later, now they're in Portland. There's 7,000, 5,000. Well, you know, that's Sean, and, you know, or that's Bill, or that's, that's who, that's that. No, no, I reject that. The Lord has anointed you. And I'm calling you to come out. Is there covering? Yes. Come out. I, I, I give you permission. I, I commission you. I, you are the ecclesia of the Lord. And for those of you, there's also those of you, for others who are already engaged, I, I just want you to know that, that your personal victory becomes a corporate victory. What you do in the kingdom of God actually inspires hope and courage for others. Well, you know, it's really small. Like I just drive around and I hand out, you know, I just, you know, move with kindness and I just do these kinds of small acts in my city. No one really knows about it because I'm super humble. I don't want, you know... Okay, if the Lord's telling you not to say anything, don't say anything. But when you say something, you inspire people. When you share what you're doing, you inspire people. You give them courage and hope. 
And that's sometimes what people need. And so for you, I just want to say, well done. Keep doing it. But sometimes what you might want to do is just post something. Share it on social media. Put it on your WhatsApp with your e-group. Share what God's doing. Even if it's the smallest thing because your, your, your works bring inspiration and courage in God. Never, never forget that a personal victory invites hope and courage toward a corporate victory. So keep going. And lastly, there might be people who are just tuning in. You feel like you're all alone. You know, we've been in the season. feel like we're all alone. I, I just want to pray for you that the Lord would give, put an armor bearer in your life. You know, when you have a believing spouse who, like, believes in your dream, who who says the gifts and call, maybe even call them out, like that's priceless. For some, we don't have believing spouses or we have, we're single or, you know, we're all those things, right? And, and I just want, I want to pray that the Lord would bring an armor bearer in your life that's going to say, I'm going to do whatever's in your heart because I'm with you. And they're just going to encourage you in your dream. And don't ever be, don't ever feel like you have to have it all figured out. <laughs> that's, that's more my vice than anything. You don't have to have it all figured out. Jonathan and his armor bearer didn't have it figured out. They didn't even know what to do. They just started by climbing a mountain on their hands and knees. That's where they started. You don't have to have all your strategy lined up. Maybe the Lord is just saying, okay, just go worship in your driveway or do something on social media or bring the kingdom here or be involved there or bring groceries here or, you know, pray for your neighborhood, you know, prayer walk your neighborhood. Like these things right here, these are just small steps with great impact. I mean, we need to fill our, it'd be amazing to fill up our social media pages with what God's doing. <laughs> he is raising up an army. He is. If you just, we just got to see what's, what God's doing in spite of what's happening around us. People are getting saved, healed, and delivered. And you don't have to be a spectator. Be part of it. He has a plan for you. So, Father, I just release that over every person that's viewing every single person in this room. God, I pray that, that many believers if they're in this place of, quote, hiding, God, that they would step out and engage the culture with your gifts that you have given them, the anointing you have given them. Some have gifts they, they, can, they can write. Lord, may they begin writing, I don't know, blogs and websites and, and maybe those who are gifted with, with painting and those kinds of creative art, the skills, entrepreneurial skills, I just released the anointing on them and that they would begin to engage the culture right now. God, that as we move forward, Lord, thank you for all those that are actually engaging now. And I just want to say, keep 
going. Keep going. It goes back to that verse that I started off with in Colossians chapter 1, 28 and 29, where Paul is saying, it has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity with his power flowing through me. So, Lord, thank you for those that are laboring with this tireless intensity, with the power of God flowing through them. God, I pray that you would protect them, gird them up in this season, but may they win many, many to the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And for those, Lord, who feel just, I don't know, alone, God, I pray that you'd just bring people around them supernaturally. God, I pray that they would feel strengthened in this season, that, that the things that they're carrying, the anointing that, that they're carrying, God, that they would be able to partner with people and take that initial step. We thank you, Lord, that you are, oh, you're sovereign and you have everything under control. We acknowledge that today. And we want to let you know that we love you. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. For more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. God bless.